people, what's up? Thank you for checking us out, Real Not Rude. Don't forget that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under Real Not Rude and on Instagram under Keep It Real Not Rude. Also, we are on all the platforms. Our podcast is on Amazon as well as Audibles. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, and of course, Spotify Podcasts. Please, you guys, follow us on social media, like, share, engage, you know, follow us, please, so that our audience can grow and pass the word. In addition, we also still do our shows where we have the discussions on relationships, friendships, situationships, whatever. And if you would like to be a part of that, definitely shoot us an email. All you need to join is your email address and your name and only your first name or even a nickname. Drop us a discussion that you would like to go over and we will definitely get back to you and let you know if it's something we can include. That's at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Once again, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Be safe and check us out. Hey, you guys, we're back real not rude and we are back with another podcast about when friends go wrong now this one i'm going to start at the ending the ending of the story of what happened because i couldn't find anything that was like in a straight order detail by detail and that's probably because so many things took place this woman went through great lengths to commit the crime she did i mean She murdered someone, and she framed someone else for that murder. And then when that person was convicted, um, when they got a retrial, they were acquitted. So she murdered somebody else so that she could turn around and reframe that person again. Now, we're dealing with, obviously, trials, new trials, appeals. I mean, so there's so much that went on that the story was clumped together in so many different areas. So I just want to let you know what she did first, one of the main crimes, the the main crime in this whole story, and then I'll build you up to it. Now, this story is about Pamela Hupp, Betsy Faria, Russell Faria, and Louise Guppenberger. So Pamela and Betsy were friends. And so I'm sure that Russell was, even if he wasn't, Pamela's friend, he was acquainted because that was his wife's friend. So basically, Pamela murdered Betsy. But she didn't just murder her, she mutilated her body. And then she staged the scene to frame someone else. And so the person that was framed, when they were put on trial, she testified against them to make sure that they were convicted. And so they went to prison. But they appealed their case, and then they got acquitted on their retrial. So when they got acquitted, she murdered somebody else to prevent herself from being considered as a suspect because she was the last one to see Betsy Faria alive. So let's build up to this. Now, remember I told you that um, Betsy and Pamela were friends. And unfortunately... Betsy was battling cancer and she was undergoing chemotherapy. And so this particular day, she had just had a chemotherapy treatment and she was very weak. And so Pamela offered 
you know, to take her and give her a ride home. Now, she planned specifically to give her a ride this day because she knew that Betsy's husband was not going to be home. So while Betsy is weak and recovering from her chemo, Pamela comes up to her while she's laying on the couch and stabs her 55 times. Now this took place December 27th of 2011. This comes to the point where she wanted to do the setup and the framing. So she wanted to make this scene look like it was a domestic dispute between Betsy and her husband, Russell. So what she did was she took Betsy's sock and she rubbed it in her blood and spread it throughout the whole house. So of course, when Russell came home and he found his wife's body, he called the police. But now the blood is all over the place, all over the house. There's no signs of any disturbance or robbery or anything. So of course, he looks like the prime suspect. So they arrest him and they charge him. Now, from the beginning of the case, Russell's defense attorney and he himself said that the police targeted him. They mishandled it from the day they got the case. They even went as far as having witnesses coached to lie in court. And even the sheriff's department that was in the office at that time tried to have evidence destroyed to be sure he was proven guilty. So with all that mess going on, what ended up happening is it was a newly elective sheriff. So when the new sheriff got in town, he launched an investigation into all the misconduct and the criminal activity behavior that was going on with the investigators and the prosecutors. And he completed it a year later. Okay, so now let's get to the second murder. Because the first murder we already know, Russell was convicted. He was set up and he was convicted. I mean, he was set up by Pamela. However, Russell had a retrial, and in the retrial, he was acquitted. So when he was acquitted, it was brought up by the prosecution that that was the only person that they were targeting was Russell. And because of that, Russell's defense attorney made light of, you guys never looked at anyone else. You need to be paying attention to home chick over here because she was the last one that was with Betsy. So now Pamela knows that the attention has been turned towards her at this point. So she decided to avoid making herself look like a suspect that she was gonna concoct this plan to frame once again, Russell. So this is what she did. She claimed that an intruder followed her to her house okay, and jumped into her car, held a knife to her throat, and demanded to drive them both to the bank. Now, she told the investigators that she knocked the knife away and then ran inside her home. But the man, she said, followed her. So when he got in her home and followed her, she called 911. And while she's on the phone with 911, she's telling them there's a burglary in process. So 
At that point, she shoots him. Now, she wanted to make sure that all of this was captured while she was on the phone with 911. But see, the person that she was saying did this crime that she killed, his name was Louise Guppenberger. And what she didn't know is that he was mentally impaired and physically impaired because he had been in a crash in 2005. So the likelihood of him being capable of any of this was just not likely at all. But see, she didn't know that. So when the police get there, they're checking Louise's pockets and then they find like $900 cash, like double bagged in plastic. And also there was a handwritten note and it had instructions. And the instructions on the note said to kidnap Pamela, to drive her to the bank, to get whose money? Russell Faria's money. Then after getting that money to kill her so that they can collect the balance of a $10,000 payment they were promised for the hit on Pamela. But see, what happened was the investigators discovered that she purchased that knife. She wrote that note on paper that she bought. And not to mention, in her dresser, she had a $100 bill that had a sequential match to four of the bills that was in Louise's pocket. So she set it all up and made sure that that note had a reference intentionally to Russell Faria to make sure that, again, she could frame him, not just for the murder of his wife, but also frame him for trying to have her killed. Now, she was charged and convicted, okay, of the murder of Luis. And she took a plea deal because she wanted to be spared the death penalty. But see, what happened was all that effort she took in trying to deflect the attention away from her for the murder of Betsy, well, what it did was make them look at her again for the murder of Betsy. Now, you need to know some of the things that she did when he was, when he, when uh, Russell had his appeal, because see, in 2013, Russell was convicted for killing his wife, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Now, when he got the appeal at the new trial, of course, he was he was acquitted. And so remember, at this time, that's when his defense attorney made light of that they overlooked everyone else. So now, at this retrial that he had, Pamela did not testify in that retrial, but to add another twist, what she did tell the police is that her and Betsy have been lovers, okay? And now she's telling the police this because about four days before she murdered Betsy, Betsy changed her life insurance policy as making Pamela the beneficiary. Now, this is a $150,000 life insurance policy. Now, her family... And her husband knew nothing about this, which leads you to think, what state of mind emotionally and physically was she in when she did this and why? Like, was she very weak 
from one of her treatments. I mean, it doesn't say that she was in duress when she did this. And I guess it's hard for them to know because the family didn't even know she did it. But this was her whole reason for murdering her in the first place, was to collect this money. And then, you know, one lie to cover up another lie. When the other person, Russell, was convicted, but then he comes back and he's acquitted. Well, now you're in trouble. Now they're looking at you. So now you murder someone else. You know, this was just a horrible story. I mean, just horrible. When you think of somebody who's supposed to be your friend and your family is trusting them and this person is around you and the whole time they have ill intent. And, you know, to me, as adults, you kind of get to see certain signs about people's personalities. That doesn't mean that you know everything about what they're going to do or what they're capable of. But there's usually signs of a person being a liar or being deceptive. And sometimes I think we might ignore some subtle signs. Even if we know they're a liar, we don't think as far as, oh, they're going to murder me or they're going to set me up. But those type of things should be paid close should be paid close attention because if a person has those qualities and they're practicing those bad qualities, that is concerning. And I'm not saying that Betsy did anything wrong because she didn't. I mean, she was innocent. But I'm saying you think someone is your friend, pay attention to even the smallest things that they do. And I don't mean being judgmental about imperfections. I mean their character, like how you see them do things towards others and then yourself as well. Because a lot of times, if you really look, there's a lot of things that throw up red flags that would make you disconnect yourself. I mean, this is another tragic story about when friends go wrong. You guys, thanks for listening. Real Not Rude. Check us out. We're on Facebook and Twitter, Real Not Rude. Instagram, Keep It Real Not Rude. Or email us at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. You also can find us on Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcast, and iHeart Podcast. You guys be safe, and I'll talk to you soon.